Welcome to Faith Church Online. Thank you so much for checking us out. Our prayer is that you are blessed by this message. I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish, um, I think I'm going to finish the series we've been doing on well-being. Um, and uh, just, I'm going to share a little bit. Um, uh, I'm not preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself, if that makes sense. Um, because these are all issues that I'm going through as as a leader, as a husband, as a, as just Mike. Um, uh, some of the challenges, and I want to talk a little bit this morning about control, um, because I think well-being and control. I think if you can get the balance of where control sits in your life, you can find well-being. If that makes sense, it will do. Hopefully, by the end, because a relationship with God is about letting go of control. Um, I remember at the age of 16, um, I was uh, working in an outdoor center, and I remember saying to my mum, which is probably not the conversation my mum wanted to hear, she was there being the cook, I said, mum, if I die today, it doesn't matter because I'm going to heaven, and God has full control over my life. And my mum was like, well, just go back to the bit about if you die today. And she's like, you're not planning anything. I was like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. So, um, But I chose quite young on that I was going to try and do the best I could to put God completely in control of my life. And there's been times where I can say I've been recklessly abandoned to God's plan for my life. And there's going to be, and there's been seasons in my life where I've done everything I could to run away from God's plan for my life. Uh, and even done everything to try and move locations and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I've noticed that my peace in my life comes when I allow God to take the lead. Amen. Uh, I, I was I was reading, if, um, uh, uh, doing some research in the week, and I found this little checklist that says about if you've got a control issue in your life, these are the things that you'll face. And then I read it, and I thought, I'm not going to put this in because... Uh, it really challenged me. So if you've got issues with trust or control, these are the things that you might suffer with. You don't believe what other people tell you. Amen. You expect the worst. Amen. You keep people at a distance. I keep people at a distance, especially when I'm being challenged. <laughs> you know, but these are three things that if we're Christians, God needs to answer those questions. So when it comes to, I don't trust people, well, I've got to trust God. There's no point being a Christian if I don't trust God. It's like, it's, it's like um, being a surfer and not having a surfboard. It's pointless. You just wear a wetsuit and walk around in neoprene. If that's your thing, that's another thing. But anyway, um, I just turned that way. That's kind of weird. I won't do that again. kind of made me feel dizzy. You expect the worst. You know, if you're a Christian, it doesn't matter what you face. You've got to trust that God's going to come through. Uh, often I, I meet a lot of Christians and, uh, and they're kind of doomsday people and stuff and, and they can be the most depressed, grumpiest people. And I'm like, well, you're a Christian, so you've always got to expect whatever happens tomorrow, God's still in it. God's still with you. This creator of the universe is still on board. So, so whatever we face, we can have an expectancy to see God move in that situation. We keep people at a distance. You know, being a Christian is about living in community. The hard thing about living in community is there's people that are going to challenge you. And there's always that person in your world that has no filter. <laughs> it's just hard when you're married to them. Uh, <laughs> amen. <laughs> so annoying when your wife's always right. <laughs> If you're going to get married, uh, nah, just uh, Nathan, just some advice. She's always going to be right. <laughs> get used to it, mate. Uh, oh, I'm good. Anyway, then. 
Um, where are we? <laughs> but living in community is about being around people that will challenge things. You know, um, God will use community to draw something out of you. We, I, I have this saying, you know, um, that significant relationships will grow out significant ministry. You know, I want to put myself around people that draw something out of me. But the problem is they draw things out of me by confronting things. And I'm putting their fingers on the things in my life that hurt and the insecurities. And I'm like, the easiest thing is for me to run away from you. The easiest thing is for me not to have coffee with you. Because when I have coffee with you, you challenge me. You know, and uh, God's designed us to live in community so that we can be challenged. I can be challenged directly by God by reading my Bible, reading the word, by seeking his voice. But I tell you, 80% of the challenges that come to my life come through people. And if I want to stay in control, the easiest way for me to stay in control is to remove myself from people. You know, faith is the acknowledgement of God's power and his sovereignty. You know, when you became a Christian, you know, when I became a Christian at the age of four, I started a journey of saying, I want to discover who this thing called God is. I want to discover who he is. I want to discover his power and his sovereignty. I want to, I want to see his miracle working power through my life. But for me to see that happen, I have to give up control of my life. I have to, get, I have to sacrifice uh, some things that, uh, that I want to do to pursue what God wants me to do to see his power move through me. I, I've met a, a lot of people that are like, God, I really want you to move through my life. And then God's like, well, I want you to move, physically move. Oh, no, I can't do that. Or, oh God, I want, you, I want you to move from my life. Well, I want you to go and minister to these people. Well, I can't minister to them. Well, if you're not going to give up the control, you're not going to see the power of God come through you because he often calls you to places you don't want to go. I was talking to Carl the other day. We were, we were here. He's just about to start, start his first gypsy church. And um, I think I've said it with you. I, I grew up in a village, right, where gypsies and the villagers didn't talk. Like, we just didn't talk. Like, there was just like such a rivalry between the two. Like they would throw stones at us and we'd throw them back. That's how I grew up. And, and, and I, I grew up with this massive, massive stigma about the traveling community through past experiences and stuff. And the funny thing is the, like the first week we took over this building, a group of travelers moved into the car park. <laughs> God's like, I got you. And I remember saying, thank you, God, but please don't make them come to church. <laughs> Please, God, I can cope with them in my car park because that's enough distance. And God's like, just wait. Carl rocks up and he start, you know, wants to start a, a gypsy church. And Carl's like, one day you should come and minister to them. I'm like, one day. I can cope with one day because one day we can keep putting off. <laughs> but maybe, I don't know, I'm not saying, but maybe God has put Carl in my world so that I'm going to go and preach to, some, to a traveling community, which is, I'm telling you is not through past and childhood experiences, me giving up control. Me is putting myself in a place that throughout my culture and throughout my upbringing has been told this is a community of people that God doesn't want me to. Do you know what I mean? That I, and God's like, nah, I've set, I'm setting you up, mate. Uh, and the biggest breakthrough three won't be for that traveler community. It will be for me. Because it will be me giving up control and saying, God, if you're in control, I'll go even to the places I don't want to go and even to the places that scare me. And then I will see him move. John 7, 38 says, whoever believes in me, Scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. You give up control. You put God in control of your life. Something flows through you. This is supernatural. The power of the Holy Spirit comes through you the more you give up control. 
I, I, I look on the journey that me and Helen have been on for the last 10 years in ministry, and some of it is around confidence. Uh, the more I give control to God, the more confidence I have in him, the more authority I know that I have, so therefore my prayers are bolder. Does that make sense? I, I know that when God puts me on a platform, because I've put him in control, I can be bold with what I say, and I can be bold with what I pray, because my relationship with God is deep, and it gives me authority. But I didn't come like that. That came by going on a journey of saying, God, yeah, like, I don't really, like, this is not naturally me. To, to be stood here and read and talk, do two things at the same time is not me. It's not, it's not my skill set. Uh, to read scripture. These are all things that I've had to say, God, if you want me to preach, if you want me to, to speak to people, you are in control. So therefore, I will put myself in the position and I am trusting you to come through. And I've seen him come through and be with in such amazing ways. Life of God throws through us when we put our faith and control in him. Psalm 37 says, 37, 23 says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. You know, we can often wonder why our, our, our journey, you know, you become a Christian, you're like, oh yeah, shine, Jesus, shine, and all that kind of stuff, and we all jump around, and it's really great. You know, is that like, you can always tell a new Christian in the room, those of us have been a while, you know, they're the ones that come in, and they've casted out 50 demons before breakfast, um, you know what I mean, that kind of stuff, and, and the rest of us have been doing it, we're like, yeah, whatever, it will soon die. We don't want it to die, we don't want to die, we keep fanning it into flames. <laughs> uh, what am I talking about? I forgot my fault. But, uh, you know, the problem is, is that happens because I think God graces us when we first become a, a, a Christian with a massive spiritual experience that makes him real. But the thing is then we have to take the reality of who he is and allow that to change who we are. So then after, I don't know, six months, a year, however it is, God says, right, okay, cool. You come from the baby steps, now you're in the teenage steps. Now I want control of this bit in your life. Now I want control of Sunday mornings. Not because I want you to religiously come to church, but I've chosen church to be my the, the vehicle that God is going to use to reach humanity, and I want you in on that. So you can't be wishy-washy about that anymore. You have to have disciplines and routines in your life. That means you get to give, come to church. So you have to put me in control of that thing called your diary. You have to start putting me in control of that thing called your diary so that you can go out into a Bible study or to a life group in the week and you have to give control over a Wednesday night, a Tuesday night, whatever it is, because God wants you to work out your salvation within community. Oh, yeah, God, but I prefer the kind of fluffy, shuffy kind of clap, clap, because you know, that's easy. Now, God says, no, I want you to grow in me. And for you to grow in me, I'm going to challenge you. Then God does this thing called, do you know your finances? Well, Christianity was so good up till then. It was going really, really, really well until you looked at my bank balance. Then it got personal. God says, well, do you trust me? Do you trust me with your finances? Do you trust me that I will, if you give to me, I'll give back to you? And, and then you, you, know, you start to give up that. And then you start to see God's financial miracles break through. Then it comes down to what friends you have. You know, for you young people, God says, it's great, you've got friends. But are those friends taking you down the right path? Oh, yeah, but I might not look cool. We might, well, God says, put me in control and see what happens. Amen? The Lord makes firm the steps of the ones who delight in him. The path of God is firm. It doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean it's full of challenges, uncertainty, and danger, but it's firm. 
God will never take you into a storm that he's not going to get you out of. We just don't like storms. I, I love this story uh, of a guy called Job. I actually put it up on our Kingdom Builders, a little movie clip. If he, Dave, I know David did his, uh, David, you did your research because you liked it, didn't you? Yeah, see, I do watch the rest of you. But I love this story of Job. You know, this guy called Job who, who, who God decides to allow him to be tested so that so something will come out of him and that the world can see of a man that truly loves God regardless of what happens. So we're going to read a bit of Job. Job 23. Uh, this is Job. So Job is like, basically his life has turned into a train wreck. Family have died. Friends have given up on him. He's got sores. He, like, he looks like a tramp. And he's like, what's going on? This would be the point if it was me. I was like, God, you are no longer in control. Because to be honest with you, you have stuffed up. Because Christianity was never meant to be like this. You know, I was meant... But, but I love what Joe says. Job says, every day my complaint is bitter. His hand is heavy in spite of my groaning. If only I knew where to find him. If only I could go to his dwelling. I would state my case before him. I would, I would fill my mouth with arguments. I would find out what he would answer me. And I would consider what he says. Job's like, where are you, God? My life is, I, I've given you everything. I've given you control of my life. And then all this stuff has happened. Now, where are you? I love the fact that Job's response to the crisis he's making is not, God, stuff you, I'm off. It's, God, where are you? Okay, things aren't going right. I put you in control of my life and things aren't going right. So what I'm going to do, instead of running away from you, I'm going to seek you even more. I, I think for a, a lot of people and, and for me, uh, our default is, God, you just aren't there. And God says, I am there. I'm right in the middle of this. And if you could only cry out to me in your storm, you would find me in a deeper way that you've never found me before. Amen? You know, he's frustrated, he's angry. But instead of running away from God, he runs towards God. Have you noticed that Christians, you know, I, I think we almost go on an unofficial course to be spiritual. You know, like, <laughs> I met some people. Like, I love the fact that Job is just honest about his situation. But he's not honest in a negative way. He's honest from his heart. You know, I think if I was Joe's mate, I was like, wow, man, you've got faith. Because I can see the pain in your eyes. I can see the burden you're carrying, but you still believe in God. And I, I met, you know, a lot of Christians in my life, and they're a bit like, oh, yeah, Jesus is good. I'm like, liar. You just start, you know, be honest about where you are with God. Do you want me to allow your heart to actually say, I'm, right now, if you ask me about my faith journey, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. I don't know if God's real. I haven't seen him move in my life for a while, and I'm frustrated. But do you let me tell you the one testimony I have is I still believe in him. I think that's way more powerful to the world looking in than we've got it all together. It's okay. It's, do you see what I mean? The world is looking for an honest church. Not a fake church. The world is looking for a church and say, actually, you're going through what I'm going through. And you've got the same pain as what I've got, but there's something different in your eyes to mine. Uh, you know, we, me and Helen, uh, our journey in New Zealand, you know, we went through some stuff. I, we, we had a miscarriage between um, Jacob and, and Zach. And, you know, normally when you have a miscarriage, you kind of family come around you and support you. But we're a million miles away from anybody. It was just the two of us. 
And I had some questions. I had some questions. I was like, God, one, why have you kept me in New Zealand? And one, why have you allowed this to happen? I, I've given you control of my life, and I've kept my, my family in a country I don't, a million miles away from home. These things shouldn't happen. I remember going before, and I remember talking to Rob, my mate, who's not even a Christian. He's like, what do you think? And I'm like, I'm pouring my heart out to him. And he's like, so you don't believe in God anymore? I was like, no, no, whoa. <laughs> Never said that. I've just told you what my heart is feeling, but God is still God, and God is still in control, and God still has a plan for me, and God will give me another kid if he wants me to have a kid, and God will get us through this, and I don't need, you know, I mean, God will fill the space in my family. And he's like, wow, okay. Suddenly, your testimony became so much powerful because you were real in that situation. And he's like, I don't believe in God, but what you believe in has something to it. Amen? You know, it carries on. Um, would he vigorously oppose me? No, he wouldn't press charges against me. There the upright man can establish their innocence before him. And there I would be, would be, be never delivered from my judge. But if I go to the east, he's not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he's at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. Even though Job doesn't see God, he can't see him working, God, God still honors his sovereignty of who he is. Even though God, Job hasn't, can't stand up on stage and say, this is this week's testimony. No, I haven't got one. The reality is I've not seen God move in my life for a long time. But let me tell you, the one thing I know, he's still Lord and Savior. He's still the creator of the universe. He hasn't changed. Even though my circumstances don't line up to what I think they should, he's still God. He's still God. And I don't need to have an emotional experience with him to tell you that he's still God. Even in the pain, he's still God. Even in the greatness, he's still God. He's still God. The devil doesn't like people like that, that can say God is in control. Whatever happens, he's still God. When we have that kind of faith in our lives, it's hard for us to be rocked by the storms. Storms come, storms go, but we still believe in God. The devil doesn't want a church like that. He doesn't want a church that if this building burnt down tomorrow night, not that planning it does burn down, that we would say it doesn't matter, we'll go somewhere else. Because he's still God. Our church got broken into on Monday, by the way, hmm. by people with balaclavas and gloves. Yeah, yeah, proper broken into. Now, this is me being spiritual, and I'm going to stick with this story, right? It took them 20 minutes to get, well, 15 minutes to get through the door, which I was quite pleased because I put the lock on the door. So I was like, phew, <laughs> got it on CCTV, so it's all there. They broke in. They didn't steal anything. <laughs> And they looked like they weren't they, they, they weren't they weren't they weren't professionals, but they weren't amateurs. Yeah. And and they came in the building and they were gone for like a couple of minutes, wasn't it? And then suddenly they came running out. Do you know why that was, Trish? Because there was an angel in the building. That's what I'm sticking with, because it sounds cool. And um anyway. But God's got us covered. You can come in and nick everything. You can't come in and nick if you if you are in this building and you did try to rob me on Monday, I'm just saying that's not an open invite, okay? Um, Andy from the gym has been staying up late in his gym. He was there. I came at 12 the next night, and he'd only just left. And Andy has got a lump hammer, and he's got a baseball bat. And let me tell you, Andy will use it. There were some kids. We had an old car around the back of the church, and there were some kids smoking some stuff, and then he shouldn't be smoking. And so Andy, Andy said to me, don't worry, Mike, I've had a quiet word. I said, what did you do? He said, I smacked the roof with a lump hammer. Were they in it? Yeah, they were in it. I was like, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, uh, anyway. <laughs> Bless them. The kids never came back for some reason. Uh, anyway, God's in control, whatever happens. I, I love it. It goes on. It says, but he knows the way I take, and when he is testing me, I will come forth like gold. I love it that, that Job has this testimony before it's even happened, that when I get through this trial, when I get through this season, when I get to the other side, as long as I keep you in control, I will go forth as gold. I, I love it that the path after the season you're in, if you're in a season right now where things are tough, the next season's got gold on the path because you've won the right to walk on it because God's promised it to you. I remember I was 18, and, and the first time I read this piece of scripture, I was working for a sailing center, and um, my boss was having a nervous breakdown. So my boss was planting stuff in my room. Um, we, had, we lived in, like, dormitories. There was four lads and then four girls. And he would plant things from the, from the sailing center in our rooms and then say, things have gone missing. And then he would say, right, I'm going to come and search your room. And he would search our room and find this property and then accuse us of stealing stuff. And we're like, stuff we didn't want to steal anyway. The stuff we've stolen, stolen, we've hidden better than no, that. No, I'm joking. But he, he kind of went out. And, and I remember at the age of 18, like, God, I'm working for a Christian sailing center. And this is happening. And I remember in sheer frustration, our plan was, this is, this is boys, is we were going to beat him up. That was our plan. Good Christian plan. <laughs> like you do as young lads. It was like, we're going to wind them up. We get anyway, but um, I remember I opened my Bible in a, in, a, in a sheer place of desperation and literally doing the whole kind of super spiritual thing where you open it and shut your eyes and point on the page, and like God, show me, don't do this. This is kind of me, but anyway, it worked, and I I clicked on this, and I remember reading it and I'm reading all about. It. Job's angry. Job's like, where's God? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. God, you've let me down. And God, I'm like, really? And, and then I read this, but when I've tested you, I'll send you forth as gold. I was like, flip neck. Actually, this whole season has taken on a different thing. Suddenly, it's not, whoa, pity Mike. Whoa, this, whoa, that. It's like, actually, God is putting a test in my path that when I get through it, there's gold on the other side. I went to the boys. I said, look, we're not going to beat him up. I know we all want to. We're just going to love him. And I, love, I was like, yeah, we're just going to love him. And I remember saying, actually, maybe there's something wrong with him. Maybe there's something mental health issues going on here. And, uh, and we, we actually ended up to a point where, where we actually went to the management and said, we're not coming to you because we don't like him. We're coming because we love him and we care for him. And as our boss, he's doing some really weird stuff. And the whole situation got changed around. And he got moved to another outdoor center where he did really well. And we, do you know what I mean? I changed my focus of woe is me to actually there's something that if I do it right in this storm, I'm going to come out the other side like gold. That makes sense? It goes on. It says, my feet have closely followed his steps. I've kept his way without turning. I've not departed from the commands of his lips. I've treasured the word of his mouth more than my daily bread. But he stands alone, and who can oppose him? He does whatever he pleases. He carries out his decrees against me, and many such plans he still has in stores. That is why I'm terrified before him. When I think of all this, I fear him. But God has made my heart faint. The Almighty has terrified me. Yet I'm not silenced by the darkness, by the thick darkness that covers me. Job, through this season, developed a spiritual robustness that if I could have 5% of it, I would like. 
he, he, he develops a, a, a strong understanding of God is sovereign. God is Lord. God is in charge. And whatever comes his way, it's God's will. And there's a path that goes through it that will send him out the other side like gold. You know, Psalm 23, 4, we all, even, even, we all know it well. Even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I feel no evil. For you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Even though you may walk through the darkest parts of your life, the darkest moments, the th- moments where, you know, where you woke up in the night with a cold sweat because you're like, this doesn't make sense. God is with you. Me and Helen were on top of a hill above Bay's Lake. The reality is me and Helen, like, and I'm sure Rich, but um, I live with Helen, not Rich. <laughs> no offense, mate, but you're not as good looking as she is. Um, we went for a walk up a hill um, on Friday night because we were stressed. And uh, we were sat there and we were like, this is going to sound really funny, but I had these overwhelming waves of anxiety when it comes to making paninis and coffees. Like, like, what have I done? The only reason that I've allowed this coffee shop to go this far is because I know God's in it. And it was sat on top of this hill, and Helen said to me, "Ah, oh, I can hold it together most of the time, but then I just get these waves. And sheer panic, I was like, I'm going to ring Rich and just say we're going to delay it. Uh, I'm going to tell Tim it was a bad idea, we're going to quit. I'm going to tell Lewis, you were right, you know, we can, join. <laughs> <laughs> we can never make good coffee. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. Joking, Lewis, I love you. He didn't say. I slipped out of the way that came. Lewis has been 100% supportive, right? Sorry, I don't know where that came from. Subconscious. But I could say to Lewis, I could say to Rich, I could say to everybody, look, we've made a mistake. This isn't what it is. This isn't, this isn't going to work, you know? Do you know what I mean? And these overwhelming. But I was like, no, God, you're in it. On Tuesday, if 50 people, 60 people, 100 people, Lewis, you're going to be making coffee with me, mate. <laughs> we'll all muck in and we'll get through. But you know what I mean? It, even though I walk through the valley of death, God, you're with me. Even though I take on things that are way beyond my physical, way beyond my capacity, way beyond my experience, you're with me. I'm, I, okay, yeah, I'm not being reckless because we, we talked about it a lot. So we spent a year, you know, we haven't rushed this thing. We've been accountable, you know. We've debated it. We've argued over what coffee we're going to buy. We've, do you know what I mean? We've, we've, but we haven't wandered into this without wisdom. So the process is good. So if the process is good and God says still go, even though we're going to go. And I don't know what's going to happen on Tuesday, but I know God's going to turn up and we're going to make the best flat white ever. Because even though I walk through the valley of death, God is with me. You know, if someone wants to come up and play keys, that'd be cool. God uses trials to shape us. Sorry, my hand's still dead. You better life? Pray for me, I've got a trap nerve somewhere in my leg. Ellie gave me a really warming test me this morning. She said, I had a trap nerve. She said, yeah, and it was about six months till it I was like, 
Okay, I'll go to the doctor. God uses trials. I, I'm not, I haven't got a clear theology whether God allows trials or whether he doesn't allow trials. But let me tell you, trials happen. Okay? Trials happen. Life goes a bit peat-tong every so often. Life sometimes messes up in front of you. But if you put God in control in the mess, you'll come through like you've got gold on your feet. Because God is using this world to knock things off of Mike Taylor so that I can become the perfect reflection of who Jesus is. My job as a Christian is to reflect Jesus, not to reflect the insecure Mike Taylor, the one that doubts himself, the one that does this, the one that panics over making paninis, the one that dreams about coffee machines when he should be praying for the church. <laughs> God uses, my, uses the pressure in my world to knock the lumps out of me so I can reflect God. And I've been through some stuff. And I know there's some people in this room who have been through way bigger stuff than me. And I know God didn't want that stuff to happen. But what the biggest way you can defeat the devil is say, that's something that's going to change me. That's something that's going to drive me to Christ, not drive me away from Christ. Devil, you throw your worst at me because all I'm going to do is run to Christ. I remember t Tony, Pat's husband, and, you know, can I, can I talk about it? Sorry. I, um, I have a photo of Tony on my Facebook page. On my, um, sorry, on my, my laptop of drawing Flintstones cartoons. <laughs> he, said he, was, he was a really good artist. Well, I thought he was. Tone, you were a good artist, all right? I'm saying it, yeah? Tone's not with us. Tone died quite quickly of cancer last year. And, and uh, that was, you know, that, that was hard for me. It was hard for a lot of people. But the one thing I, that, you know, in that situation, and I missed the guy. I missed the guy. Uh, I didn't, you know, I was privileged to know him for like two years probably, yeah? So not as long as like Jan and three years. And Brian and another, and, and these guys knew him a lot. But the guy has such a quiet faith. Like, he never would have been down the front jumping up and down with the kids. He, he sat about the second row back. But I remember in those last uh, six, seven weeks of the time I spent with him, is in that situation where he knew the diagnosis wasn't good and God, would, all that was needed was a miracle. His faith didn't go down. His faith went up. His faith went to a, a level that even the doctors and the nurses, when they were coming in to look after him, you know, and the consultants, like, I, I know I'm going. You know, I don't want to go, but I know I'm going. You know, what would have been such a dark, desperate moment, yes, I miss him, and we all miss him. But the one seed he's planted in me is that you can have faith in the darkest moments of your life and a faith that's infectious. And a faith that almost commands me to live a legacy that honors God and honors home. Because if that man can have faith in his family and Pat, the way that Pat and, and Jan and her family, you know, faith, faith. So for the rest of us, we get to sit and maybe see an example of like Job in our community. And we're like, you've got every right to be angry with God. Yeah, we, we get it. But no. We love God. So for the rest of us, that should spur us on to say we want faith like you've got. 
We want faith like Tone had. We want that. And yes, our storm is bad. Yes, our storm is. But God, you are in control. Devil, God is in control. And it might be six months, it might be a week, it might be six years, but on the end of it, my feet are going to be covered in gold because I've stuck to you. I've walked through you. I've walked your path out and you have taken me to a place where the world cannot deny that my God is real because you got me there. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. What are the keys to well-being? And, and I'm, I'm not a clinical counselor or anything like that. I'm just talking from my personal experiences to turn around and say, God, okay, right now, I'm putting you back in control. Right now, whatever that means, if it means I have to go and be accountable to someone, if it means I have to go and have whatever, but you are in control. God, I'm not going to allow my past drive me away from you I'm not going to allow this storm to drive me away from you. I'm going to allow right now, God, I want you to turn me so my storm drives me to you. Amen, God. Thank you, Lewis. Can you do lightning to go with it? And the smoke came. But it's simple. This, the, like... I know well-being and all the stuff we talked about, mental health, finances, uh, well-being, all those kind of things we've talked about over the last six weeks come down to this one issue of who's in control. Who is in control? If your finances aren't lining up, is God in control? If your mental health isn't lining up, is God in control? Is your family falling apart? Well, is God in control? Is your, are, you, are you lonely? Well, is God in control? Are you scared? Well, is God in control? Are you depressed? Well, is God in control? Like, now, all of these things, I'm not just saying, like, put God in control because then God will bring the accountant. God will bring the counselor. God will bring the clinical psychiatrist. God will bring the friend that you've never known. God will bring that person into your world. And God says, the reason they didn't come because you didn't allow me to be in control of this situation so I couldn't send you to people. Start being honest about your life. Okay, the reality is I haven't got it all together. The reality is I'm not as good a Christian as what you think I am. Well, you actually are a good Christian because there's no bad Christians We're all, and there's no bad people. But put God in control this morning and God will change your world. He won't change your storms, but he'll change your world because he will walk through every storm with you. He'll walk through every situation. He'll give you faith like Tony and Pat have. And maybe your Job story is the story that will transform your family. When they look at you and say, wow, well, through the power and grace of God, my feet are sent forth like gold because he loves and cherishes me and he has a future for me. Hey, thanks again for checking out Faith Church Online. We'd love it if you could subscribe to be notified when we release a new podcast. You can find out more of what's happening by going to at Faith Church Wales on social media or by heading to faithchurch.wales.